Good afternoon or good evening, Codmasters. It is the evening. Dave, how are you doing? Doing all right, mate. I'm excited to be here on an evening, if I'm honest with you. An evening. Because it's allowed yeah. me to bring a, a cheeky one of these with me, which is quite nice. You know, just to take the edge off the day. Edge off. I see you've got one yourself, my friend. Absolutely. So, yeah, I'm all right. Are you good, mate? Are you good? How are you? I never ask you. Are you good, man? <laughs> I'm all right. I'm all right. I must admit, with the weather... Um, and it's been so bu- I've been so busy this week. I'm shattered. Really, am tired. Needed a power nap this afternoon. Don't usually have them. But I like it. Siesta. I'm all right now though. My mate's coming up from London tonight. He's literally driving up now in the uh, in Storm. What's it called? Storm Babby or something? Storm uh, Badadam. What it's called? Anyway, Badadam, the, Badadam, Storm Badadam. He's driving through the storm. He'll be here in about an hour or so. So I'm really looking forward to seeing my mate. So I'm. I'm what do I always say? I'm buzzing. You're buzzing, buzzing. man. You're so, so buzzing. Dave, Dave. We're a man down, mate. We're a man down. Say, uh, well, we're a man down and a man up. We've got somebody off the bench. We have we've, got a, we've got a substitute. It is um, in in real time. I'm getting it as uh, 6.48 in the PM. The reason we're recording Correct. in the PM is because a certain guest of ours has um, works during the day and cannot get to an internet connection because he's a very busy guy. He's busy uh, your friend of busy mine, man. local legend, superhero, an inspiration to many people, author, ultra, 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 ultra marathon. Um, sir, it's going to be, it's going to be knighted soon anywhere. Sir <laughs> Steve Hill, ladies and gentlemen. Good to see you, Steve. Good to see you, guys. Good evening, gents. Uh, thank you again for inviting me along. I'm, I'm honoured to be your substitute tonight. It's um, coming off the bench. Yeah, off the bench. You know, I think I think it's a pretty good bench. It's like it's like putting Messi on when Ronaldo goes off this, isn't it? Um, <laughs> so um, Phil can't make it. It's half term, and he's uh, he's on his way on holiday, so he can't make it tonight. So we brought Steve in. But to be fair, we've been trying to get Steve back on for quite some time, but we thought we'd give him a bit of time to recover from his latest exploits. Which, um, for those people who don't know, I'm going to have to just ask Steve just to explain what you did, and um, yeah, get ready for this. What was next? Yeah, this summer. <laughs> what was next? What's next is a good question. But this summer, yes, uh, this time last year, I wouldn't have had a clue what the summer held. But uh, as you know, I, I take on these bonkers challenges each year, and uh, this one was probably my most extreme, uh, toughest to date. It was uh, my 14 marathon challenge, so running 14 marathons. Uh, through August, it was seven marathons running across Costa Rica from coast to coast, and then flying to Tajikistan and running from the Afghan border to the Kyrgyzstan border. Another seven marathons. So, yeah, a good distance, um, and yeah, I think it's still sinking in. It was an epic, epic challenge. Wow, well, well done. Um, don't know where we're going to start with this right now. How do we? How do we unpeel this now? I've got a question, boys. I've got a question. I've got a question. Go for it. Go for it. Why those locations? Why did you pick those locations? Good question. Uh, I mean, I've been doing these adventure, you know, adventures and challenges for many years now, and it's up with some amazing remote parts of the world. Um, I do enjoy the jungles, and I actually enjoy running across countries at the moment. So a couple of years ago, I ran across Iceland from the north to the south of Iceland, which was nine marathons in, in nine days, which I enjoyed just the concept of dipping your toe in the sea at the top um, and then running across and dipping your you tow in the in the sea at the, the end of the, the the you know the country the other end if you like, uh, and then this adventure across Costa Rica popped up. It was a coast to coast Costa Rica, seven marathons, seven days, and that was it. I was I was hooked on that. That was going to be my challenge for this year, um, and then I was invited to take part in the Tajikistan run, um, the Bartang, the Great um, Bartang run, or the Bartang Valley, 
We initially refused it. I thought, no, I've got my challenge for this summer. It's going to be Costa Rica. I'm excited about it. Uh, that's it for me. Um, but I was out running one evening in the winter and I just thought, you know what, why not do them both? Why not make this the most epic summer and run 14 marathons in 14 days, pretty much? And once I thought they got the idea, that was it. The seed was planted and it was a case of making it happen. Um, so there were two distinctly different trips and it was a case of getting from Costa Rica in the Western Hemisphere across to Tajikistan. And that was quite quite uh, a bit of a logistical nightmare, but managed to make it work. Um, and I'm glad I did, because I didn't want to expect in Tajikistan. I didn't know anything about the country. I felt it was just going to be deserty, rocky, you know, open space. And it was absolutely spectacular. Yeah. Um, the Barteng Valley, so remote, hardly visited, and just a privilege to be able to spend time there running these seven marathons. As I say, you know, at the start of the race, it was on the Afghan border. It wasn't a race, it was a run. Um, and then I Taliban were across the river, 50 metres away or so wow. from me, which was the most surreal moments. Uh, and I caught myself, I don't know, I didn't do it, but I was almost going to wait to them. And I don't know why. <laughs> and I thought, get a grip, what are you doing? Uh, and it just, as I say, it was just a moment of thinking, that's Afghanistan and they're the Taliban. And I'm so close to them. Uh, but as I say, as, as, a, as a country goes, absolutely spectacular place. Wow. How old are you now, Steve? How old am I now? Uh, the children at school think I'm 34 <laughs> and they happily accept that. And, you know, I, I start believing it myself, but I'm 52 in, on Tuesday next week. So not going to be you look well, mate. You look well. You look well. Yeah. So, You're very kind. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate that. So why? When did, is this a midlife thing? So let's go all the way. Because we talk about this all the time on here about, you know, being midlife and a lot of things are changing and you want to get fitter and healthier and mentally healthier. And a lot of blokes go through this stage now where we set ourselves tasks, you know, and it's like, right, I'm going to do this and you do this. I'm going to do that and you do that. And a lot of it can be physical, you know, activities. Mm -hmm. Like Andy with his Iron Man, I'm like, Jesus, man, boom, you know. And what you're talking about now is yeah. like, wow, why? And when did it start? Was it a midlife thing or? It started back in 2009. Not a, mid not a midlife thing at all. Um, well, as far as I'm concerned, I'd played rugby locally for Waterhead Rugby Club for many, many years from being 15 up to, you know, early mid thirties, um, obviously through my teaching career and finished playing rugby and felt I needed to fill that void, if you like, with, with something else. Um, I've always loved adventures Always loved being in the outdoors as a kid, in the in the Cubs, in the Scouts, the Army Cadets, etc. Uh, but then rugby took a you know a big chunk of my life up. Um, finished playing rugby as I say, I needed something else, and it coincided with me obviously being a teacher. And as a teacher, I, I want to inspire the kids. You know, it's like there's more to, to teaching than just the curriculum. And I just there was a realization of. Am I preaching to these kids or am I showing them what's possible? My classroom's full of quotes on the wall, you know, dream big, aim high, never give up. Anything's possible. I can, I will, watch me. And I instill it in the children every single day. But I felt, am I doing that myself? You know, am I dreaming big? Am I following my dreams? And the answer was no, I wasn't. And I felt like it's time I reignited, re you know, reintroduced myself to the, to the outdoors to challenge and push my own boundaries and see what I'm actually capable of, but use that to inspire the children. Um, so it was back in 2009, I thought, right, let's, go, let's, let's, let's book myself an adventure, and it was Mount Kilimanjaro. And that really excited me. Um, and I, it's something I'm always saying to the children, and, you know, last night doing this talk at North Chatterton School, was, you know, we're all entitled to big dreams, and our dreams should be so nice. big that they nice. excite us so much. They even frighten us. 
And no one in the world has the right to tell us that our dreams are too big. But we've got to believe in ourselves. We've got to work hard. We've got to be determined. It's going to be tough at times. And when it does get tough, we don't give up. Uh, and I thought, right, let's start coming out of my comfort zone and, and start pushing my boundaries. And as I said, Kilimanjaro, first time in Africa. Um, very, you know, 5,895 metres, higher than I've ever been before. And it was an amazing adventure. And I loved it. And yeah, it was tough. And it, and it pushed me beyond anywhere I'd been before in my, in my life. And I was excited to go back and, and share that with the children back at school, you know, as I said, to, to show them what's possible through self-belief and hard work and determination and never giving up when things get tough. And and that was it. There was no grand plan beyond that. Um, and nice. it was great to share it with the children. And as I said, there was no plan, but it was a case of a little hand going out at the back of class when I finished my little presentation. It was, you know, what are you going to do next, sir? And it was a great question. And it spurred me ever since. It was like, yeah, what am I going to do next? Were you know, where's this going to take me in the world next? And I, you know, I'd done a bit of travelling before Kilimanjaro, but not to the extent I've done now. Uh, and it was a turning point. It was a turning point in life, for sure. Um, and, yeah, what next? So I planned the next one, which took me to Mont Blanc, climbing Mont Blanc. And from that, it was then onto Mount Elbus, the highest mountain in Europe, to the Sahara Desert, trekking through the Sahara Desert. So it was different challenges in different terrains. Um, the jungles of Borneo, trekking through the jungles of Borneo. It was going to the Arctic wilderness with, with huskies. Um, and then to, to Everest, you know, I have a dream or, you know, still have a dream of climbing Mount Everest one day and very expensive, but I thought, well, in the meantime, it'd be great to get to base camp and, and, and see what base camp's all about. And then did a bit of research and found an event called the Tenzing Hillary Everest Marathon, which I didn't know existed. Wow. And I thought, whoa, wow. right, I'm having that. Um, yeah. My first marathon is going to be the Everest Marathon from base camp back to Namji Bazaar. And again, an amazing adventure, trekking to base camp, sleeping at base camp and then running a marathon in the shadow of, of, of Everest. And I just got hooked in many ways. It was like, right, what can I do next? What's going to be bigger, better if you like? What's going to push me even further? Um, so the following year, it took me to the North Pole. I did the North Pole Marathon. Again, didn't know it existed. And that was, you know, I never thought when I was younger, I'd ever get to the North Pole. Ran a marathon around the North Pole, which was my second marathon. And it was just every year getting an exciting conversation with the children at school. Right, what should I do next? And them coming up with all the wonderful ideas and being fully involved and really inspired where Sarah's going to go and inspiring me as much as maybe I was inspiring them and, and motivating me and holding me accountable you know, for, with my training. And I involved them in my training, involved them in all the equipment I was buying and the food I was taking. And they'd always write little letters for me, they still do, um, to take with me to, to keep me inspired. Um, and I use that to inspire them when I come back. So as I said, the North Pole Marathon was special. And I did the Petro Desert Marathon uh, following on from that. And then they got to a point where I'm thinking, right, you know, and I think the kids were getting a bit bored of just marathons and saying, come on, sir, it's a bit boring now. You've done some of the toughest marathons in the world. And I thought, yeah, let's increase that distance. And I looked at the Marathon de Saab and all these have got to fit in my school holidays. And then I came across the, the Amazon Jungle Ultra Marathon, which was um, six marathons, five days self-supported in the Amazon jungle. Uh, I mean, Andy knows about these. And I thought, that's my next adventure. That really, you know, talk about those dreams exciting you. It excited me. It frightened me in a really good way. And, and I thought, it's got to be. And there were those that said, come on, you're ridiculous. Six marathons through the Amazon jungle. And I just thought, yeah, I'm having this. This is going to be uh, my next challenge. And train hard, train right through the winter, got the gear together, did all my research and off I went to the Amazon jungle. And, 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 and it was fabulous. And it was like, all right, we're next. It was the Arctic, doing six marathons through the Arctic wilderness in, in winter. Um, totally brutal. A lot of pullouts in that, a lot of people pulling out, uh, but managed to finish it. You know, a primary school teacher from Sean Oldham, and I, I still don't consider myself a runner. I'm a good, <laughs> determined plodder. Um, I like that. I like that. A good, a good determined plodder. That's class. I get there in the end, and with a smile on my face. Good determined. Um, and then... 
<laughs> then the opportunity to go to Iceland and, and the Great North Run run across Iceland, which was nine marathons in nine days, boy, beyond anything I'd ever dream of doing. And it was, yeah, I can do this. And it was that mindset of I'm doing it, train hard, ran my own run, as it were, and that was fabulous. And then up to Scotland to do ultras and things. And then this, this as I said, this year, um, 40 marathons um, across Costa Rica and across Tajikistan. And it's like, yeah, we do often put limits on our what we what we think we're capable of and the limits are in the mind aren't they the limits don't exist just smash through those you know pretend limits and push those boundaries and keep pushing and pushing and pushing and it it, it is there as i say we're we're almost enemies sometimes we doubt ourselves and we we don't realize what we're actually Mm. capable of until we actually get out there and start pushing those pushing those boundaries so that's a bit of a bit of a history of you know why um i don't think it was a a midlife crisis uh (laughs) i just think it was a case of yeah get out there and you know, live a live a life with a bit of purpose uh, for my own benefit to push my boundaries. Have amazing adventures. I've seen some spectacular things. I really have, and it's like wow, there was no plan. Um, but to use it, as I said, to be in the position to be a teacher, which is a great privilege, to use that to inspire this next generation. They need it, need it more than ever to get them excited about the future, mm-hmm. to get them excited about what's in store for them, to get them excited about what what they're capable of. And when you've got seven, eight year olds saying, "Mr. Hill, can I come and climb Mount Everest with you in the future when I'm older?" That's the best thing. That's the best as a teacher. Never mind the maths and the English, which is important. Of course it is. And, yeah, you know, yeah. little girls from other schools I've been to just saying, excuse me, Mr. Hill, can we come on your next adventure? Can we come to the Amazon jungle with you? And the sparkly eyes and the excitement and, and, and it's like, bottle it. Let's get these kids excited about their futures and let's get them believing in themselves that it doesn't matter where they come from. It doesn't matter that they come from Oldham or wherever. With a bit of self-belief, working hard and being determined and seeing things through to the end, you know, not giving up when things get tough, get out there and live your best lives and don't mm-hmm. listen to the knockers and the doubters in life. And that spurs me on as much as anything else to get, as I say, keep inspiring these mm-hmm. kids. Um, and as I say, I didn't envisage being able to, you know, deliver talks and, and to give talks. And that's, that's as I say, mm-hmm. it's, it's led to me giving talks in schools. And as I said, I get nervous doing it, uh, but I enjoy doing it. And there's a quote on my bed, I'm on bedroom, on my classroom wall. Uh, and it says, if a window opens, and the prospect pleases, float through that window because it may never open again. And it's something that I live by. Grab opportunities as they come and, mm-hmm. and embrace it and, and, and just go with it and run with it. So, yeah, living my best life. I'm, I'm saying it with a smile because it's fantastic. I don't know what the future holds. I don't know what my next challenge will be, but there'll be something and it'll be exciting and it'll be something else I'd love to come back and share with you. So well, You know that question's going to yeah, come soon, watch this space. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. I love that yeah. question. It does. It just uh, spurs me on so, and it's right. Uh, um. I'm, I'm proud to be one of your ambassadors now for the charity. Um, and it, Very proud to have you as an ambassador. Thanks Thank for having you. us. Yes, I really appreciate we'll it. talk more about that in a bit. Um, a lot of people locally, um, nationally and internationally, you know, are, are just uh, in awe of what you've achieved and what you've done. And me too, you know, you, you speak a lot about inspiring children, seven-year-olds, eight-year-olds, but you inspire adults as well, people. Um not just of, of our age, but maybe even older as well. You know, some of the things you just said there, like, you know, limits in the mind that really does resonate with me right now. Um, you've been talking in schools and you've done a lot of, um, you've had a lot of book sales. So you, you've achieved that t- one of your targets that we spoke about a while ago, and that's trying to get a book into every school in Oldham. How have you done that? I mean, first of all, how does it feel to, to, to achieve Ace. that? It's very special. I mean, going back to the book, a book is never something that I ever thought I would accomplish having a book out uh, at all. It was never part of a plan. There's no plan at all. But as I said, lockdown came, the opportunity arose, and yeah, within two years, there was a book out. And it was like, right, there's a book. And what if people don't like it? And there's no guarantee. People, and, and it's just 
far exceeded anything I could have imagined. You know, it's been embraced by people, it's been read by people I know, people I don't know, and the feedback has been phenomenal. People saying it's changed the way I look at things, it's changed mm. my life, it's got me out, it's got me doing, it's got believing in me, and it's like, wow, mm. how, how can this be? You know, the, the, you know, the, the hours I spent writing it in my bedroom, etc., and it's having such an impact. And I thought, yeah, and it got to a point where I'm thinking, I want to get this book into schools. I want mm. to get not just the children in my class reading the book. I mean, it, it was one of my highlights of my teaching career was the, the, the Monday after the book launch that I had with the children and doing the registration in class and just looking up and seeing every child in my class reading the book, engrossing the book. And I thought, wow, what a moment. How many teachers get to see their class of nine and 10 year olds reading the book about adventure and reading it and enjoying it. And when I'm asking the questions like, you know, what chapter you're up to? And it's like, sir, I've just climbed Kilimanjaro. Sir, I've just been in the Amazon jungle. I've just met the queen. I thought, they're living the adventure. And I thought, it doesn't get any better than that. Mm. And it was a case of, I want more and more children to read it. Let's get it in every school we possibly can, um, starting with Oldham. And as I say, you know, Di Haywood, she's been yeah. a great support. Yeah. She is in, as a charity. Yeah. And it was like, a little chat with her. It was like, right, Steve, let's do it. And and once she gets given a job, she, she's off of, she goes with it. So together, we've, we've put out people were sponsoring the book. It was a case of who would like to sponsor a book. Um, the book will go into a school of your choice with your name in it and a little message in it. And yeah, it took a couple of months, but, you know, two or three months, the book was in every school, so we achieved that in September, that every single primary and secondary school in Oldham now has at least one copy of that book in the library, which is fabulous. Um, there's a local school that also contacted me last summer saying, we're changing our, revamping our Year 7 English curriculum, and we'd like to use your book as one of the texts within the curriculum. It was like, wow, you know, they're going to be teaching. It was like, what? It just, it's hard to believe, and it's just like magic. It, it really is magic, and and it's just a message in that book that I just want children to have it's, it's beyond the curriculum it's beyond exams it's it's more about life and that belief and mm. living your best life and getting out there and it's just I think that's my next mission if you like to get in more schools to get a book in more schools to get out and talk mm. in more schools and you know try and inspire more children just to believe themselves and to, to, to have those big dreams that you know there's no limit um, and get out and live yeah. those best lives and as I say have confidence to do that and uh, so it, yeah it's been amazing so you know we don't stop we're next well we just finished Haywood so every school in Haywood's got a copy so Great Manchester's the next t target and then all of England uh, so wow. what's this space wow. let's talk some numbers then so um, how many book sales have you had any book sales I'm probably just short of 2,000 now um, which it's hard to gauge because you, you're never sure when you you have a book out, you know, it's still surreal having a book out. What constitutes a successful book? And I did some research. It was like 300, 400 sales of a book is, is, is a successful yeah. launch of a first yeah. book. So, you know, to get a 1,000 initially, because I've got a batch of a 1,000 printed, uh, they went quite quickly. To get a second batch of a 1,000, to be almost out of those is... is it's phenomenal. I mean, yeah, we'd like to sell a million, but I mean, that's Harry Potter, uh, you know, levels. But you know, to see the book in in, in Waterstones in Oldham on the yeah. shelves is like, wow. I've seen it in the airport, you know, in Dublin yeah, Smith. It's like, I saw it. it's just like it's somebody else. It's like, wow, there's the book, and it's there. It's like, it's amazing. It, it's beyond amazing. How many schools are there in Oldham? I, I actually do know this because Di sent me a spreadsheet. <laughs> yeah, is it 122 or something, something like that? Like that yeah. It's something along those lines. Uh, and some have had two copies because people requested it. So there's about 146 gone out to schools um, or more in all of them. So what, what's the average number of pupils you think would read it in a school? Uh, it's hard to say, isn't it? I mean, if there's one copy in the library, you know, it's like one child reading it, isn't it? Um, but I'd hope that, you know, I know some schools are, use it as a text, you know, the class text, mm. so it's being read to the yeah. class. So hopefully 30 children there are 
you know, accessing that book. Um, but for me, if, if one child's reading it and, yeah, it, and it's making yeah. a difference to, to one child, um, it, it, I mean, I took three down to North Chad yeah, last night and give them out as, you know, prizes to some of the children who'd got English awards. And they came up afterwards and it was like, I put a message in for them and they were so, thank you so much, I'm going to read this tonight and, and I'm, I'm sure it's going to inspire me to go and do challenges and adventures. And it was just, you know, these are 16-year-old, you know, young young people who have, have got their life ahead of them. And if mm. it can have a small little bearing on, on where they go and, and, like I said, plant that small seed of adventure... Um, I just don't think it gets any better than that. Is that you know I could I could die a happy man tomorrow. Yeah. You know, leaving a bit of a having had a bit of an impact uh, somewhere along the so line. So leaving a legacy with one person or leaving a legacy with ten people is great. Maybe a hundred, but you're looking at tens of thousands of people eventually, aren't you? Just just from the book alone, and then you've got obviously people who've listened to podcasts, heard your talks. You know, it, it's a, it's, a, it's a crazy amount of people who are going to be impacted positively by you. So that in itself is just I find that phenomenal that, that you've achieved that. And I guess you didn't set out to achieve that. No, not at all. Not at all. I'm a teacher, 30 children. I wanted to inspire those 30 children and that was it. And I said there was no grand plan to begin with. It was just going to be Kilimanjaro and one led to another, led to another, led to another, which then led to being asked to do a talk and being a bit hesitant to do that and thinking, well, come on, step up and do it. Never mind what's the worst that can happen and leading to another talk and an awards evening. And you're thinking, what an honour to be shaking hands with these young people mm. and presenting the awards. And then it led to becoming a, a Duke of Edinburgh Award ambassador. And then <laughs> back in 2017, I found myself sat in St. James's Palace, being introduced by the Duke of Edinburgh Awards um, and then giving a talk in front of Prince Edward and, and shaking hands with these young people who've got the gold awards and thinking, pinch me moments, how the hell have I ended up here? Um, but then saying, embrace it, why not? And then taking that back to the classroom and saying to the kids, anything is possible and it will lead you to some remarkable and amazing places, you know, in, in, in your life. And, and you know, let's say grabbing those opportunities, no plan at all, but, you know, you suddenly start thinking, these challenges can inspire more people and, and, and if the message can get out there and keep pushing my boundaries, that then hopefully will help people to push their boundaries. What more motivation do you need in life to keep would doing Would you that? say that's your core purpose? Would you say that comes from a core purpose, that, Steve? That's that, that, that going back to when you started it? I think it does, now. I think it's become... The purpose. Yeah, I mean, my, 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 it was. I mean, I never thought I'd become a teacher. When I was younger, it was always mm. you know, something adventurous, you know, an RAF pilot or a police officer or something. I became a teacher a little bit by default. You know, I started as a, a trainee quantity surveyor mm. and it was... You know, I was 18, I did that for three years, and it was coming home in the evenings, having a bit of a moan to my mum, and mm. mums are fantastic, aren't they? And mum's advice was, Stephen, stop whinging about it and do something mm. about it. And, and it was, and she worked in a school, and she said, have you thought about being a teacher? I think you'd be great, male role model, you love your sports, you'd be perfect. And I hadn't, and it never crossed my mind, and I wouldn't have done. But she'd planted a seed herself, and, I, you know, I went into to two schools and got a little bit of experience, and I thought, yeah, this is for me. Became the teacher, and it was yes, I want to inspire these children. Um, but it was inspiring those thirty children that were, you know, the privilege of teaching that year. And uh, and never thought that anyone would go beyond the classroom. Uh, you just hope that the children enjoy being in your class, have a great year, and you know, move on a little bit inspired, having a bit of a love of sports or what have you. I was, you know, passing on my love of sports and rugby. But um, as I say, it wasn't until two thousand and nine that I started the the challenges. Um, as I said, first of all, for myself to push my bounds and my adventures, but to use it to inspire the kids. But it was just the children I taught, and, and it, it, there was no no plan at all that people would be interested to hear my story, you know, on a, on a wider scale. And it's just, it has, and it's just like, yeah, it, it definitely become my core purpose. I'm a teacher, yes, but I, as I said, an adventurer, 
A bonkers ultramarathon runner, plodder, yeah, a determined plodder, as we say. I think, oh, yeah, well, I think I'll go with that one. Um, and and the and the book. So I think going forward, yeah, I just want to inspire, if possible, as many people as I possibly can across the country, as I say. And you know, there's another dimension also in Uganda, which which Andy's fully aware of, and hopefully will be joining us this year. We're you know, going doing the Uganda Marathon uh, back in 2018, I think it was the first time, and not quite knowing what to expect there, but knowing that I wanted to go back to Africa and I wanted to get involved a little bit with with, with community projects, you know, get my hand, hands dirty, um, you know, the digging wells, the getting involved in schools and going to do the Uganda Marathon to run the marathon, but realising that the, the week before the marathon was was beyond special, you know, meeting people, getting involved in projects, talking to people, talking about what was needed, and hearing some quite horrific stories, uh, but realising that a small amount of support and, and financial support would make a massive difference. Uh, I'll always remember a conversation at a, a school um, we visited, uh, being told that some of the young children were being attacked. You're talking seven-year-olds were being attacked on their way to school. And immediately think, oh, what, by the animals? No, by, by human predators. Uh, and they wanted to build a dormitory to, to keep these children safe on site. And that just, I think that was a, a life-changing moment in itself. It was like, well, what would that cost? six or seven thousand pound and thinking gosh you know with these challenges i've been raising money for large international charities in england well let's maybe raise some money and build a dormitory that we could quite easily do that's going to keep 70 80 children safe and that's where going back dave uh, team Hill charitable trust was, was set up back in 2019 just prior to lockdown it was again to, to bring like-minded people together to to raise some money um and to have control over where that money goes in Uganda and land locally and that's just gone from strength to strength and it's another dimension running alongside the adventures um, including the adventures and it's just been fabulous you know as I say it's just got such a a great group of people working together I say Andy included there and um, having some great events during the year and seeing the fruits of our work if you like when a dormitory has been completed and you can see children living and sleeping in there brilliant what a difference we've made there so I ramble a little bit, but yeah, core purpose, definitely to, to make a difference in the world, if it's all possible. Because we talk about purpose quite a lot on here, and mm. and you've always, mate, you've always got purpose, and your energy levels are insane. I would imagine when, you know, you talk about having that core amount of pe- crew of people with you, you'd be the guy. You'd be the guy that enters a room, and it's just like, if everyone's feeling a bit down, you would lift everybody. They would be with you, sort of, you know, on, on that mission, but you can't always, I'm interested to know, you can't always have a good day. You must have the odd bad day or a bad day in life in general. Oh, or yeah. when you're doing one of your ultras, <laughs> or you're on an ultra, you're doing like, you're, you're doing X amount of marathons on day three or day four, you're like, why the fuck am I doing this? Or you, do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And, and oh, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah all, absolutely. I'm only human. Yeah. I'm yeah, always intrigued absolutely. because maybe on different levels like Andy and myself and, you know, I think we're the type of guys that, you know, you give off that vibe, you know, you've that vibe goes out and people expect you to always be on form, but you can't always be on form. And when you're not, people don't get it. And you get to a point where you literally can't have a bad day or you're having a bad day and it's inside and you can't tell anybody about it. I would imagine if I spent time, an extended period of time with you, and you were having a bad day, I'd be like, oh, I don't know what to do. What What's going on, Steve? So from you, yeah. on your day-to-day and when you're in these extreme environments, 
what keeps you going, man? I, you know, what, how do you take what you're doing in these environments and bring it back to everyday life? What keeps you going? What's your, what's your, re, what's your methodology? What, what, what do you tell yourself? You know, yeah, I mean, like I said, different. I mean, today, not the best day today, type, you know, at school, indoor break, raining all day, children in all day, no break times. Come back after, after dinner time, two of the children are crying, one of them's elbowed, the other one in the chest, and little things like that, and sort that out. Afternoon break, come back, another couple of children are crying, and, and you know, one of those days where you just think, come on, guys, and, and I've had to have a long, long talk to my class, and it's part of the job, but it's one of them where you come out thinking, not been the best day today. But it's part of the job, you know what I mean? I, I'm always making sure that I'm there for those children in the morning. I stand at the door at nine o'clock and I'm there to give them a big smile and a high five and make sure that their day's starting well and that makes my day start well. So, I mean, I'm in a position where I've got 30 individuals that were a team and, and my God, you know, if I'm feeling a bit down, they get they soon soon pick me up, you know, with that big smile when they're coming in. And morning, sir, or often they've made me a little card or something or a loom band bracelet or something like that. And, and it is. You know, I say again, it's the greatest privilege in the world. Yeah, it's a tough job, but those are my responsibilities, those 30 children, and, and it's great to spend time with them, and, they, and they're amazing. And yeah, we have ups and downs, and today's not been the best day, but, you know, as it, as it is. You know, and the challenge is, you know, Andy knows about one of my lowest points when, you know, when I trainers ripped in the Amazon jungle, and it was like, oh my God, what do I do? You know, I've never experienced this before. I'm not prepared for that. Gaffer tape I didn't have with me at the time, and it's like, well, you know, game over. I've got to quit on this. Uh, but realising there's always a solution, you know, people got rather around, you know, got the gaffer tape, zip ties out and kept in the race. Um, and yeah, you know, you get tired, you know, you get, you get tired, long days, um, stiff body and what have you. But I've never really ever felt like like quitting any of these challenges. You know, I remember my purpose, you know, once I've decided I'm doing it, that's me 100%. Um, so that, that, that w- winter's night back, you know, I think it was early, you know, January time when I'm running, I think it was down Bookstones Road and it's raining, it was dark. And just, you know, having my little thoughts and just thinking, why don't I make it 40 marathons? Why don't I go to Tajikistan? And that was it. Decision made. Um, didn't need to convince anybody. Yeah, there were little doubts of saying, are you sure you're going to be able to do this? Absolutely. Um, and having those months of training and those little thoughts thinking, how am I going to be able to do this? And being excited about that prospect. Um, but I don't think then generally about the whole 14 marathons as it was in this case. It was a case of, right, let's get to Costa Rica first. Let's get there safely. Let's get all set ready for that. Right, I've got seven marathons here. And those seven marathons, right, let's split it up into individual days, you know, day one. Uh, and it's just like, this is the start now. This is day one, marathon one. Let's enjoy this and let's split this down now. Let's get one step going. Let's get going. Let's get moving. And that becomes, you know, a little bit of a checkpoint. Let's get a mile under our belt. And then we're away. And it's just like, take it in, enjoy it. And, you know, remarkable place. Enjoy the scenery. Enjoy where I'm at. Uh, enjoy chatting to the people I'm running with. Uh, and then before I know it, I've done day one. And marathon one's ticked off. And it's just like, let's get some rest, get some food down me. Let's enjoy a bit of company and camp at night um, and up again. And yeah. Probably the worst day is, is day two. Um, very stiff because your body's yeah, not used to this running, yeah. you know, these distances <laughs> yeah. as yet. Um, stiff, yeah, getting going right day two. But slightly different different scenery, getting a bit deeper into the jungle as it were in Costa Rica. And again, once I've got going, once I've got a couple of miles under my belt, body's fine. I'm, I'm aware and, and going again and, you know, little treats along the way. So, you know, I'll, I'll do a stage without any music. I'll do a stage with a bit of music. Um, I have a bit of Kendall mint cake in my, in my pouch and what have you, and a bit of licorice. Lovely, and I'll simple save that. Things. And like, you're not having that yet. You've got to get the to the next simple things, a bit of that. Look, Silly little things that just give you that yeah. treat. It is. And, and like I said, the music's a big one. You know, the playlist, and it's that familiar playlist. And it's like, right, you know, I, I listened to this yesterday, and, you know, I got to this, this song, and by this song, I'd done 15K or I'd done, you know, whatever, 20 mile. 
And it's just that familiarity and you're smiling to yourself and just enjoying the, the, the surroundings. And then it's right, day three. And before I knew it, you know, as I say, it was, you know, day seven, you know, we got to the uh, Caribbean coast and I'm dipping my toe in the Caribbean Sea, just done seven marathons. And it was like, right, I'm halfway there. Yeah, um, nice. everyone else in the group was celebrating it was like popping the champagne we've done it and I joined in that to a degree but it was like I'm only halfway I've got to go flying into Tajikistan right across the other side of the world and go again um, but that was exciting that really excited me and it was it's as much the adventure as it is the, the, you know the distances it's that you know that adventure and, and no, I know I can do it you know it's that self-belief and that, that mindset I call it challenge mindset I flick into challenge mode um, so we had a bit of a celebration and it was like then and I was more concerned I think than missing flights or being delayed and that would have scuppered everything uh, losing my luggage um, managed to get as I say get home quick shower and then off to Tajikistan and met a group of people who were all fresh and ready to go and I'm thinking I've just done seven marathons I'm a bit knackered um, but again the, the, the buzz in the camp there was, was infectious and it was again a different scenery totally different country as I said starting on the Afghan border and it was a case of right let's just get slowly get going get those feet moving get those you know legs going and before I know it I was, I'd done marathon eight as it were and, you know marathon one in Tajikistan and as I say it was a different experience totally um, so it was a fresh experience and as I say just enjoy so I do break these big undertakings as it were into small little manageable chunks little successes you know little celebrations pats on the back done it have a piece of licorice a little bit of kendall mint cake small things but it, it makes a difference small little treats and, and, it. And, it, and it works absolutely for me absolutely love it i love the small things thing it, it's small things um it, it, it makes all the difference and i do think about the kids at school i do think about you know the people who might be hearing about this in the, in the future with the talks and and you know, what I can share, I can share this Bartang Rally with other people. I can, I can make them aware of this part of the world. And it spurs me on massively. Um, as I say, it, it, it is that self-belief. This is what I'm preaching to them. So I'm telling them, well, I'm going to do it myself. Uh, and, and it is tough. And there are times where there is a bit of pain. And I just embrace and enjoy that. So the fact that it's the purpose is for other people other than yourself, just doing it for you, that's a massive driver, that. That's the, the effect that you have for the for the greater good, for the greater it is, good. It is, it is. Yeah, I mean, I am, like I say, it, it, it's many faceted. So I'm doing it for myself, of course I am, and seeing the world, I'm, I'm seeing what I'm capable of. So Love yeah, it. but there's a big part that I'm not doing it for others, but doing it to use it to inspire others mm -hmm. for sure. And, and, and that's a big driver. Yeah, it is. Love it. So, Steve, so I want to uh, take you back to a particular moment that we spoke about. So we're at the cricket club at one of your events, the race night. And we're having a chat, just yep. have an off-the-cuff chat. And you told me about a point when you were in Tajikistan and you, it was late on and you'd thought you'd run the distance. And yeah. there, was, there was a point where, and this is very relevant to what you're talking about right now, there's a point when you must have been really pissed off because oh, you yeah. thought, oh, yeah. <laughs> and you described this moment where, you know, I've, I've done the distance, I should be there right now. Where are these lights? Tell us more about that. And you've not run it, so you've not actually done the distance. How far were you out then? Quite a, quite a distance. It was getting dark as well. Um, so we'd, had a, we'd got to, I think, 30k. Um, so it was like every 15k, we had a bit, of a bit of a stop, a bit of food, a bit of a drink and what have you. Um, and we'd got to 30k and it was we, the altitude was increased. It was going to be massive that day. We were going up to something like 4,600 metres. Um, so about a thousand meter climb uh, at this point. So at thirty k, we're told right, you know, we've got a camp. So you're gonna, you've got about seven or eight k to go before you hit the mountain, and then you have got the mountain pass, which is about six k. 
Um, but the incline, the increase there was was massive, about a thousand meters, um, which was ridiculous. Uh, but the weather's going to change; it's going to get a lot colder. But the camp will be pretty much at the top of that mountain, so all your warm clothes will be there waiting for you. Everything's good, uh, sort of thing. So in the mind, it's right. I've got eight k to get to the bottom of this mountain, about six or seven k winding my way up the mountain. Um, the altitude's going to go, so take it nice and easy because yeah, you know it's a decent height, four thousand six hundred meters. But when I get to the top. There's the camp, and I can get myself all warm gear and get get going with it. So yeah, tried off. It was it was quite sunny at that point, and and getting to the bottom of the mountain at 8k, the sun was just setting nicely, and, and I was feeling good. And hit that mountain, I thought right, I've got a good slog now up here, six or seven k, and then then it's camp all done. So yeah, I pretty much marched up the mountain. I wasn't really anything because it was quite steep, and the altitude was increasing, um, and I, I caught quite well with altitude, so it was all right. Um, so yeah, getting to the top, getting up, the sun setting, kept stopping, looking behind, seeing the valley, and it was quite, quite spectacular, and I was quite enjoying myself, thinking I've not got long to go now to get to camp. Um, and then as I got towards the top, we did have a, a go with a bit of a film crew uh, filming a bit of this, and she, I saw her in the distance. I thought, well, it must be near camp now. And I got to her, and she said, not long to go now, and I got to a four by four, which was parked right, pretty much at the top of the mountain there, um, and the local. Uh, Pamiris, they were. There were two of them in this car, and I went up to them and said, "Right, where's camp?" And they laughed. I said, <laughs> "Nowhere near. You've got another seven or eight k to go yet." Shit. And I did. I was pissed off as you say. There, absolutely, I couldn't believe. It. I thought, and it was getting dark now. And I had my head torch with me. It was getting cold. and It started to rain. And I thought, "You're joking me." And there was no sign of camp at all. But I thought, well, I've just got to get going with it, haven't I? So I stopped a bit of a drink, um, and they had a bottle of Coca-Cola in the back of that. And I said, Coca, and they did. They gave me a bit of Coke, so that gave me a bit of a boost. And I just laughed back at them. I said, well, whatever, what can I do? Show my shoulders. And they were laughing, so buggers. <laughs> and off I went. Um, and it started raining. It was getting colder because we were at quite high altitude there. And off I was going. I thought, well, it can't be too far. I thought we had, you know, 5K, I'm going to be almost there. And it was just, it was about two and a half, three hours. It was just, it, it, I, mean, I don't know what it was. It was a distance. And it got dark. Got my head to, I kept my head torch off as long as I could because uh, my eyes were quite accustomed to the dark. But then it got pitch dark. I put my head torch on. And I'm running in the dark with the head torch on, um, following this path. And I came to a riverbed. Um, it was fine, bubble bum, expecting the path to continue on the other side of the riverbed. Got to the other side of the riverbed, no path at all. Pitch darkness, nothing at all, no bur- no burns at all. And I stopped, I'm lost. What can I do? What, what, there's nothing. Where can I go? Do I go left down to the river? Well, it's not going to be the river. Do I go right up there? Just carry on forward. Surely the camp's not far away. I'm looking around for lights. Nothing. Carry on going a bit further. A head torch starts flickering a little bit. I'm thinking, oh, God, if this goes now, I am absolutely buggered. It was pitch dark. Didn't know where I was. There was no path. And it was another low point. I, I actually considered stopping, just curling up in a ball behind a rock or something and just thinking, just stay here till it gets light and then carry on. Carry on going a bit further. Head torch didn't, you know, didn't go out on me. And I just thought, well, just go forward. Kept going forward, kept going forward. But it was like another hour. I was just just blindly wow. going forward thinking, I just hope. And I thought, have I passed the camp? Do I go back? That would probably be the worst thing. But I was like, I wasn't making good decisions at that point. As I say, it was cold, it was dark. It had been a hell of a long day. I was at pretty high altitude. I just kept going forward. And it was just, I was cursing, yeah. I was absolutely peed. Um, and then eventually, I don't know how long it had been, I just saw two headlights in the distance, very far distance, and I thought, it's got to be the camp, because there's no one else around here at all. And got into camp, and it was raining very heavily at this point, and it was a miserable camp, very dark, with a couple of donkeys there, there was a herd of goats, mm. it was pitch black, most people were getting, you know, in the tents. Got in a tent. Welcome to Oldham. There's a sign saying, welcome to Oldham. 
Oh, it was, it was just like being older. It really was. It was just miserable. But I was just glad to get into camp. I thought, well, thank God the head torch lasted. Got into camp. Um, there was no food for us when we got into camp. The food was running out. It was just completely miserable. Uh, woke up in the morning. It was equally miserable. We woke up about six o'clock. It was grey. It was in the middle of nowhere. And there was a, a very tiny shepherd sort of hut there. And this little man. I got out and I had a little photograph with him anyway. He was all chatty, chatty, chatty. And I've got bags under my eyes. I look absolutely awful in this photograph. Um, and he's got a big herd of goats. And it was just so misty and bleak and miserable. Um, and we had another marathon to do then that day, obviously. And we're quite high up, as I said, then in the mountains. And then the next thing, the, the, these premieres are dragging this goat out of the herd. I'm thinking, I know what's happening here. We've, we've obviously run short of meat. We've done a deal with him. And they were getting, getting, a, getting a, dragging a goat out. And he's bleating away. And... There were a few people watching and I just thought, no. And down it went, Ed came off and his legs, and it's just thought it's awful. The sheepdogs are licking its blood up and it's like, there couldn't have been a more miserable morning. It was bleak. Um, anyway, it was a case of, right, get, get the gear on, get my right gear on and let's get going. And I didn't eat any meat after that point at all. Uh, I thought, no, I'm not having it, poor little thing. Uh, it's reality, it is what you it could is. could have died then, Oh yeah, Steve. that was it. You know, real- reality, I mean, like, head torch might have gone, you know, you lost, can't yeah, see yeah. the lights. If you would have like, Absolutely. crawled up at the side of a a, a rock, you know, you, you could have like died of hypothermia, you know, I could have been attacked mate. by a, a wild animal. God. Yeah, it, it could. And it, and it was, you know, for a short period, it was pretty, pretty frightening. It was a case of this is real. I am genuinely lost. And I don't know where this path's gone. I am genuinely lost. Just keep moving forward. And, and that's not happened to me really in, 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 you know, in any of my challenges. Um, but yeah, these are the moments, as I say, you make those decisions and I felt I wasn't making the right, you know, well, right, I was, I went, I kept going forward, but it was a case of do I go back? Have I missed camp, as I said? Do I stop? What do I do? Mm-hmm. You know, I could end up anywhere. Um, but as I say, thankfully. So the following day, I kept a spur battery in my pouch. I thought, yeah, you know what? Because it was a new battery, but it was flickering. I thought, no, this is not good. It's a spur battery. So you, you're always learning, aren't you? You're always learning. And it was a, yeah, we, we, we got there. We got there. You, um, you touched on this earlier. You were not far away from the Taliban. How far away from them no. were you? Oh, God. 50 yards, we say 50 metres. It, it was the width of a river. The width of a river, the Bartang River, and it was just, it, yeah, a moment, definitely a moment. What was going life. through your mind just then? Just seeing Afghanistan. What was going through your mind when you realised it, it was the Taliban? It's just, you know, yeah, you hear so much about the Taliban, don't you, in Afghanistan on the news for the last 20 years. Mm. So to see... Afghanistan itself, you know, we were yeah. driving along the Bartan River to get to the start point, and people said, that's Afghanistan. That was strange in itself. But then we get to a point where you could see these, these scooters, these motorbikes driving along this path, mm. you know, along the side of the river with the Taliban soldiers, with the, with the rifles over the shoulder and, and, and the, the headscarves on and the white Taliban flag. And it was just surreal. And the locals there at that point said, you know, if this had been last year, potentially they might have shot at you. But things have settled down now and we're not having that much trouble with them. And it was like, wow. Um, but again, I don't know what came over. I was almost going to wave, and I'm thinking, "What are you doing, you pillow?" <laughs> uh, it was just, just, yeah, it was surreal. Um, but the organisers of this had said that you know they've been invited to potentially run a similar event in Afghanistan in the future, which oh. would be tempting. But again, would that be silly? I don't know. But uh, yeah. I mean, I'm told it's a beautiful country, yeah. a beautiful yeah. country. Um, but as Tajikistan was, so. Yeah, that was something I'd certainly say would, would be one of my life moments, as they say. I mean, running under the Northern Lights, seeing erupting volcanoes, you know, some really special mm-hmm. things. But that was that was a moment and that was a, a low point being being lost. So, uh, I think sure. the answer to your question then, Dave, was just keep moving. 
Was was that the answer? Yeah. Or was pretty little, much moving. Yeah. Or was a little yes, further. Or yeah. was yeah. a little further. That's what the SAS say, don't they? SAS say. Yeah. One step more. Or was yeah. a little further. Or was a little further. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I love yeah. that. I love that. I have a little mantra. It is, it's, it, it's, it's left foot, right foot, repeat, you know, and, you, and you're going to get there. It's, yeah, it's keep moving nice. forward and you get there. You know, one step at a time, one mile at a time, one checkpoint at a time, just keep moving forward. Uh, and no matter what pace, you'll, you'll get there. I know this will resonate because one of our listeners is my friend called Chris and he's a, he's, a, he's a runner as well. And every time I've been on a run and I've been feeling a bit down, he would just say left foot, right foot, repeat. And that's yeah. – so I, I know he's listening now, so – you're kind of speaking <laughs> to him right now. You've had um, a trail run named after you. I, uh, I had a message when I came back uh, from Mark and he just said, you know, we've, we've, we're part of Voldem Wright and Harriers, but we've set a, a, a trail running team up and we're going to be taking part in some races um, and every uh, team is named after, and this is what he said, is named oh, after a famous, yeah. a famous runner. Kipchoge, and he told me these Farrah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then he said, and we'd like to name ourselves after you. And I, 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 I mean, my God. That's proper cool. That is proper well, cool. word, but I'm, and I like cool it. Cool Wow. Yeah. And it was like, it was. And he's thinking, really? He said, would you mind? And thinking, whatever. You just a little bit embarrassed and thinking, what? Me? And it's, well, yes, we'd love to. And he's thinking, wow. Yes, I would be honoured to, to, absolutely to. And, and it is a massive honour, mm-hmm. massive honour. And it's like another one of those moments thinking, God, how many people get that named after them? And, and it, it's... I'm blessed. I am blessed in, in many, many ways. I, really I misunderstood am. that. And, yeah, very I special. I misunderstood it when I read it because I thought all they've done is like named a hill after you. Well, you're halfway there anyway because you obviously called the Steve Hill. So <laughs> I thought it was yes. just a bit, yep. you know, a bit lazy of them really, but I a get bit, it now. Bit, yeah. yeah. Well, it, the kids say I should be called Mr. Mountain because I do more <laughs> mountains than hills. But anyway, that uh, would be more apt. But yeah, very Deep Mountain. Deep Mountain. Deep Mountain. That's a very max power. Mountain. No. Type in a Steve Mountain. Yeah. Steve Mountain. <laughs> I like mid- have a middle name, you know, so like describe the hill, you know. Steve yeah. Big yeah. Fuck Off Hill nice. or something like that. Steve, yeah, that'd be, that'd Steve Steep Hill. Yeah. Steve Steep Hill, you get away with that one. <laughs> I love that. Never I love ending hill. Okay. Um, Uganda. Yeah. Uganda. And I need um it's worth, I think it's worth saying that. I mentioned this before that, you know, you, you've, you've inspired so many children and young people. You inspire a lot of adults as well. My wife, Nikki is going to do her first marathon in Uganda. And that's, and Brilliant. that's, that's yep. your she fault. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take full responsibility for that. Happily. Um, you know, yeah. so I, I could do as much kind of coaching or persuading as possible. She won't listen to me at all, but you say, right, we're going to do a, man, a marathon in Uganda. I'm on it. And she's like straight on it. And I can't wait to go. I'm really looking for Is it May next year that? It's May, back in the May, yes. So we'll have to get things. I mean, there's no big panic, mm. but as I say, maybe just after Christmas or whatever, before yeah. Christmas, get things uh, nailed down with that. But uh, yes, it's the end of May. It's, it fits in perfectly with school yeah. holidays. So that's why it's it worked well for me. But uh, it, it's, yeah, you'll have the most amazing time. It's, it, it is, again, life-changing. Yeah. I think, you know, Nikki and I have been speaking about this. We're not, um, we're not really think, seeing this as a, as a marathon, we've seen that as an, as an experience no. in Uganda, just to see the things that you've spoken about. You know, I think that for me, that's mm. what's bringing it to life. Nikki obviously works in skills as well. So, you know, we've got a lot in common there. So I can see why she would want to, to do that. Mm. We've, we've spoke for years about, you know, having adventures abroad and then we've got the opportunity to do it. Now our kids have grown up. So this, this fits in perfectly. So this isn't a marathon to us. This is, as you said, it's no. an adventure and an opportunity just to, that is- probably get some perspective on life, I think. And, mm. and 
I've read it in the book and and, I know, and we've spoken about it, but it, it's going to be something quite special. I think it's going to be emotional as well. I think one of the things that Nikki and I spoke about we're really looking forward to on the run um, is the children because we've we've seen the pictures of, mm. in your book and you know there's there's a really, yeah. there's a beautiful picture with you and and a, and, a, and a young child running alongside you. And I think you told us about the, the ice cream or something. And it's yeah. just moments like that. I, I feel quite teary even thinking about the prospects of that. Mm. How, how did that feel when you you know when you've got young people around you from a completely different culture and country who were connecting with you and supporting you as well? It's just so special. It really is. As I say, I went to do the marathon on the first, that first year, but when it got to the marathon, having had the week I'd had, I thought it was just going to be an insignificance. It was just going to be a nothingness. I thought it's not. But the marathon itself was special. As I say, it's not the running. The slower you go, the better. Um, it is those children and connecting mm. with them, and, and they are a joy. They're so happy. They're so glad to see you. They embrace you with such warmth, and the giggles and the laughter. They're just they're just children, and you know, children as as, as they should be. Mm. And they are amazing, and it's just a joy. And you just want to savor it. You want to go slowly. I stop. I chat. I high five. They run with you for a little while. They hold your hand and run. It's just like nothing you'll ever experience again in your life. It is, it, you sound cheesy saying it sometimes, it is life-changing and life-affirming. Uh, it changes your outlook, your perspective on things. It puts things in perspective. Mm. It is, it's one of those things you'll leave and you'll think, no, nope, I'll be back. I will be back. And, and and as I say, it's just so great that Team Hill is so well-established mm. over there now and, and so many fantastic, you know, contacts and, and, and projects that we're supporting. And it's, and it's just... It's the most special thing, and and to to, to 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 meet people the week before, and to, to get involved in the projects, and get your hands dirty, and be making a difference. Yeah. Uh, whatever that that project may be, it, it is just it's beyond words, really. It really is, and, and you've got an idea, but to experience it, you, you'll go through every single emotion. So you really will. So looking forward to this, and and seeing Nikki achieve something that was probably beyond what she'd expect. Um, so it's, it'd just be good to to be a part of that. Oh, you're going to have the most amazing together as well, to share that together. Uh, and I can just, I can already see you both at the finish line of that marathon. And the tears and the hug and everything about it, it's, it's something you oh, both will never well, forget. And, and I'll I'll be honoured to be there to, to see that uh, again. But so don't take a photograph Don't be trying to get any PBs. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> i get as many as I can. But honestly, it's one of those marathons you just say, yeah. no PBs, no Strava, just the longer it takes, the yeah. better. And it's, you get two loops. It's two hard marathons. Yeah. And it's one of those where you just think, right, I'm going to t- I can do it all again. So looking forward to uh, it. And it, 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 it you mentioned about making a difference. W- one thing that we, we haven't really spoke a lot about, um, and I think it's really important, obviously we're both Oldhamers, we love our town, you know, we're very passionate about the town, you know, and many people I go running with locally just saying it's probably the, for us, it's the best place in the world to live because it's, it's on the Pennines, you know, these are our people, our communities are on our doorstep, and I genuinely mean that. I mean, you know, I really, really believe that. But you do a lot of good locally as well, don't you? So that you know, give us a quick synopsis of some of the things that you've done locally. Well, we try our best. Like I say, it was important as a charity it was set up that yes, it was going to support projects in Uganda, but to support people in Oldham, not to support big charities, support actual people who may be struggling or need some support. So, very recently, we were contacted by a family who needed a a, a new push chair buggy uh, for a child with disabilities, and and they were struggling to get into school, uh, struggled to walk, um, and it was a case of will. 
yeah, help in any way possible. If we can afford to do so, we will do so. So to be able to hand over a buggy to a, to mm. a family there, we we support in any way we can with, with, with as I said, children with disabilities who, who need a piece of equipment. If we can do it, we'll support them. Um, other things, food bank, the children's ward, the, the hospital we support there. So whether it's it's just anything, you know, decorating the walls of the wards with, with, with transfers and stickers and so forth to brighten it up for the children, um, taking Christmas presents down at Christmas and, and selection boxes. We support the young carers, um, again, in any way we possibly can. Um, it's, you know, we, we'd like to think we're a reactive charity. We've not a lot of one-trick pony. We do whatever needs to be done uh, to help make a difference and support people and uh, hope that people know that, you know, team are there to make that difference and support in whatever way we yeah. possibly can. If we can help, we will. Um, you know, during lockdown was a big one and I think it was the making of us in many ways. You know, the charity had been set up for maybe for three months and lockdown mm-hmm. came. And it was a case of, oh God, well, you know, what do we do? And, you know, I had a chat with the trustees and it was a case of, well, we're a charity. We step up to the yeah. plate. We help and support in any way yeah. we possibly can. And it, uh, it started with doing, you know, a few few uh, food shops and, and prescription pickups for the, the elderly and vulnerable. Yeah. Uh, and Oldham Council got wind of that and they put us on their list. And, you know, Di was coordinating that. And it was, it was just phenomenal. We, we did over something like 4,000 uh, food yeah. shops over that period of time. And we had people coming and saying, we want to help in some way. We know we need to do something, but we're not sure what. And we see Team L doing this. Can we come and join Team L? And it, it was absolutely, we had a team of wonderful people, you know, taking the shops, going to, you know, they had their own then people at the shop for, and they were getting to know and chatting with those people and, you know, keeping their spirits up and looking after their well-being. And, and these people are still part of Team L and continue to come to the events. So, you know, making lots of friends through that, but making a difference. And it, it was important that we did that. And as I say, it's just a case of, yeah, you know, what do we do? Well, we hope we make a difference. Um, we bring people together. We have a great night at the fundraisers. The children at school come along, which is fabulous. So they come along and they're making a difference themselves. You know, we talk about it in lessons, in RE lessons, you know, making a difference. And it's like paying lip service. Well, these guys now, they're coming and they're knowing they're part of something special that is making a difference in Uganda, you know, mm-hmm. locally as well. And and it, it's so special and to see children wearing the team and yeah. at school and wearing the badges and being proud of that. Then it's educating them also that you know we all can make a difference in the world. Don't leave it to other people. Together we can make uh, you know a massive difference. And you know they write letters to the children in Uganda when I go over, oh, yeah. I take them with me. And so it's just again opening up a bit of a new dimension for them. And there's a lot of children who want to come to Uganda when they're older, and I hope they do. You know, and I hope they continue to be part of Team Ireland, come up and you know have that life changing experience Field themselves uh, in, in yeah. the future. Absolutely, <laughs> wouldn't that be good? Yeah. That sounds great. Well, I'm about thirty kids. That might be a handful, but yeah, uh, you have to come and help. Definitely, me, both of I'll you. suggest it to Nikki. You've given us given us a really well, good idea there. You know, the, the children at her school could yeah. write letters to children in Uganda. Yeah, no, we'll take them. That'd be, yeah. that'd be really yeah. cool. We're um, on fifty-five minutes. So Phil will edit this bit out. So we need to start thinking about wrapping up. And I know we could talk all night. Um, there's an obvious question which is coming up, um, and I'm not going to ask it, but we all know what that question is going to be. Um, have you got any questions for us, Steve? Because, you know, it feels like... I know you love to talk. I get that. No. You're, uh, do you get yeah, that? I, 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 I get, I get a feeling that you're quite comfortable <laughs> talking and storytelling. And, and, it, and you're a shameless plug, not just for the charity, but for Steve Hill, the public speaker. Definitely engage with Steve Hill, the public speaker, if you're listening. If you want some inspiration for your people, um, for your school, for your charity, whatever, just get this guy along because he'll, he'll just blow your mind. So a uh, shameless plug for you there, Steve. But oh, Thank you. Um, Dave, Steve, what questions have you got? Because it just feels like a, a it feels like a, just a, a, a long interview, but we are like, we're literally neighbours, you know, we, 
We are. I won't mind just bumping into your cricket club tomorrow night if you're available and just have another chat. Just having a pint. Yeah. Just having a yeah, chat. Yeah, no, I, I must go up there more often because I say it's a it's great place. corner for me, all right. Used to play there all the time as kids, you know, all yeah. the time. Um, it was the best playing out, playing field, you know, for, for, for children yeah. growing up, you know, the tops up there, the reservoirs, yeah. the hospital Strange up the top. Yeah, it was yeah. great adventures, yeah. absolutely. I think it was the making of me in many ways, yeah. Um, question for you guys, I don't know, you know, what what makes you two tick as it were, you know, what, what's your, obviously to inspire others, you know, to, to bring the podcast to, to others and, and, you know, obviously Dave with his, his, his biking, you with your running and your Ironmans, you know, what's mm. your motivation? He's going first, Dave, may you? Go on, mate, I'll let you, you can, go on, do it, do it. Well, there's a couple of things, I mean, I'll try and keep this, I'll try, try and keep this short. You, you said some, you've said a few things which have really resonated, struck a chord with me. Um, I think some of it is like, finding a purpose you know so i kind of i kind of got a sense when dave asked you that question about purpose that you probably weren't looking for that purpose but it kind of just found you almost you know just by living your values and living what you mm. believe in you actually find that purpose and i think for me it, it's helping people find their purpose that is my purpose i think i, I like to ask people questions mm. and and you know get them to go out of their comfort zone in a way which is safe but help them find their purpose and that's mm. part of it. Um, in terms of, you know, challenges for me, what motivates me, I'm very similar. It's like you, you mentioned about, you know, the, the limits, the only limits are the ones that are in our mind. And I, I genuinely believe that. And the more I speak with people like you, the more I, I, I kind of resonate with that. I want to be a sprinter. <laughs> this sounds stupid. I'm yeah. 53 now. I want to I want to do 100 metres, 200 metres and 400 metre sprints. I want to represent... Northern Masters or the UK, and I'm quite right. a distance away from that right now. So when you call me a runner, I'm, I'm, I really am complimented when you say that. I really, really want to do some track racing properly, go for it. Um, I'm still a long way from that. So that, that's one thing for me. And the other one is I'm writing a book, um, almost 10,000 words into it. There's a book about mentoring oh. in communities. So we know we, we love communities. We're all about community. And I think it, the book I'm writing at the moment is about inspiring people in communities to, to reconnect with the wisdom that's, you know, that's on their doorstep and, you know, connecting people. So that's me. Oh, that's brilliant. me. That's, that's, yeah. that's what I'm all about. Um, you said something earlier about dreaming big and sometimes I feel like I'm not dreaming big enough. And that's something I think you and I should have another conversation about. We've threatened it before, but um, something something I mentioned as well is, you know, you, you are the adventurer as far as I'm concerned. You are, you know, my version of a of a heroic adventure around the corner. And I would love to do an adventure race with you. You know, one of these international adventure races where you, tr you traverse across a country as a team, yep. supporting each other. So yeah. uh, genuine offer, you know, when when you once you've given up on you know a hundred marathons in a hundred days or whatever that might be, let's you know <laughs> let's do that. But that's me. That's, Definitely, it's almost like a bucket Definitely. list. What about you, Dev? Oh man. So, firstly, what you said there about not dreaming big enough. Whenever you're having that conversation, book me in. I'm coming over because uh, I would definitely like to have that conversation with you. If you're going to do an adventure race, book me in, guys. As a team, I'll come with you. I'm up for that because they probably need to do it as a team because might need a little bit of dragging along, you know, but I'm, I'm, I'm up, I'm well up for that too. You know, I think purpose wise, oh man, purpose. I, I just want to, if I can just help people on a daily basis, no matter what that is, 
I'm all, you know, I'm all right with that. I, I, mm. I'm, I'm all right with it. You know, it's, 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 and I think, oh man, I just want to be a little bit better every day. Just a little bit better yeah. every day, which might sound right. It might sound a bit like, Dave, that's not big. But if I can be a little bit better every day, there's 365 days in a year. On day 365, what am I going to be like then? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. I love what you said before, the challenge mindset, breaking it down and small things, mate. Keeping it simple is at my core. It's yeah. the, it's at yeah. my absolute mm. core. I love the little things. I love the little things. And that, you know, we, we mentioned it, didn't we? We were just like, always a little further, just those little steps. Because it, I've been back in the day where it was all about massive in like, but it was always massive work-wise, you know, and not necessarily mm. non-work-wise. And it burned me out. So the little things mm. now... I think that if you look at it from a little things perspective, it gives you mental capacity to like live and breathe, you know, and, mm. and these conversations, boys, I love this shit with people that have been there <laughs> and doing stuff that are like, holy smoke, that inspires me, you know, speaking mm. about it now makes me tingle. And it, it, and that's that's about your crew and having those people around you, you know, Andy, yep. we, when we said before, Andy, you know, you go into a room, well, Steve, you go in a room, you're the guy that drags everybody else along. Andy, we're, we're probably the same, you know, from that perspective. It's nice to be abound around other people that go, holy shit, this guy's going to get me, drag me along. Man, I yeah. love it. It makes, honestly, guys, it's like I've been injected mm. with a drink. It, 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 it just, my word, it motivates, it motivates the shit out of me. So, that, little things, boys, just the little mm. things, but book me in for that bigger purpose conversation and whatever you're going to do from a team perspective, I'm in. Yeah. But, love it. <laughs> book me in for some love of it. that. No, I love that. I'm in. I'm in, boys. Sounds like a plan. Let's do it. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll make a great team. I'm sure we will. I'm, honestly. I'm being serious about that. I, th- I, I really want to do that. Check this out. Check this out. look at something like... Check this out. Just check this out. Talking about you. Yeah, come here. Come here. Come here. <laughs> this is love, isn't it? Hello. Hello. Oh my word! Do you realise? Do you realise, guys? This is the first. This is the first female appearance on Talking Cod. Do you understand that? Really? This, this is this is the first female we've had on Talking Cod. Oh, no, you're not live, are you? Yeah, you're live. Uh, we've got seven thousand. You're live. Right now. And you're the yeah, first female, by the way. No pressure. No <laughs> pressure whatsoever, whatsoever. The first female. Yikes. I'm scared. You're not really alive. Go on. Say something profound, Nikki. Do you drink? Welcome I'm, to I've got Friday. I'm not water here, sadly. I'm, I'm in a real boat. It's Friday night. No. I know. I have books oh, to mark cheers. and all that mark Let's on a Friday. So, yeah, cheers. Enjoy. I'm going to join the Create Club one night. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, well, I'm one of the... Cheers, a bit of red stripe there. Does your night go no. well then? Uh, I've enjoyed I've enjoyed it. I hope, don't know about these two guys. I hope they have. Um, it's been, it's great been good, but you know what? It's yeah, been really, really it, it, you. You know, it's been ace. It's been really, really good. Really good. 
no, love, love Chadji, Dave. It's been been fab. Yeah, you, you're infectious yourselves, you two. You, you do. You bring out the best. I'm showing people. You really That's do. Right. Um, you talk about going into a room. No, you guys, you're inspiring yourselves, indeed. Very much so. That's nice. What a Very inspiring, guys. What, wait, what a compliment. What a no, hundred percent, hundred percent. The sort of people I want to surround myself with. Right, I'm going to positive, go motivational people. This is who's coming to Uganda, Dave, and it's your fault, Steve. I take full responsibility. Um, We're going to have a great time, Nikki. We've just been talking about that. You're going to love it. I look forward to the tears at the end of the marathon, which I'm sure there will be plenty of. You're going to have the the most amazing experience. I I guarantee you that. Right. Have a good weekend and a good half term, Steve. You too. Thank you, I will. And you too, yeah. Enjoy your week. See see you soon. Take care. Bye bye. That was a good guest appearance, huh? <laughs> guest oh appearance. my word, mate. I love it. <laughs> first female and first female. Maybe that's what we need to put on the plan. Maybe we could get some more females or some more, you know, onto the some more ladies onto the actual pod. Why ever not? Why ever not? This this game up we, we we do need to finish off now. Um I think one of those um one of the things that we need to, to talk about as well is walking cod. Um what a success that was, wasn't it, Dave? I always say I can't believe people listen to us and I can't believe people turned up. And for the guys that turned up, absolute pleasure to meet you. Mm-hmm. And it was awesome. It was awesome. We're going to do it again. We're going to do it again. Steve, you need to come on Walking Cod, mate. It'll be, you could do it with your eyes shut, mate. It's relatively low level compared to like 55,000 marathons in a year or what, you know, from that side <laughs> of it, you know, but... It was ace. We're going to do it again. We're trying to lock in a date, aren't we, now, before before Crimbo? Yeah. Get another yeah. one in. We, you Love know, it, 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 was, it was awesome. So for the guys that turned up, mate, it was just fabulous to meet you and thanks mm. for coming to, you know, to, yeah. to support, you know. Shout and the conversations. Up, yeah, yeah. And some amazing conversations, you know. Yeah, that was what it was all about, wasn't it? It kind of replicated talking cod. It just felt like that. What was yeah. really bizarre, yeah. though, was like people going at the end going, Nice to meet you. And I'm like, I just thought you'd, I thought yeah. you'd all met each other. You just assumed because yeah. everybody right, knows yeah. us yeah. because they listen to us. Yeah. But I'm like, nice to meet you face Indeed. to face. Like, wow, that's yeah. weird. Yeah. Such, a, yeah. such a great feeling. So we, we spoke about purpose before, you know, Steve, your purpose is really clear. You know, you asked us what ours is. Um, and I think, honestly, the, the podcast is part of that purpose. You know, it, mm, we get huge, better every single huge. day, Dave. Every, every episode, Absolutely, we get mate. a little bit better. Absolutely. But yeah. we're just bringing people together, talking, doing stuff, yeah. connecting people, you know, and, you know, no matter what those goals, aims and aspirations are, people are still talking about them and just sharing and connecting. Yeah. So that's at the heart of why we do the podcast and, uh, and getting great, getting great guests on is, is, is a bonus. And I'm really pleased that you've joined us again for this second time that you agreed almost instantly as soon as I asked you. So, um, genuine honor to get you back on to me. It's like, you're my friend around the corner, your neighbour, but also, yeah. you know, I'm an ambassador for the charity and, and that was a no-brainer. I'm asking Wright and Roadrunners to uh, nominate Team Hill as the as the charity for next year. Um, oh, I'm asking. Um, so, yeah, no. <laughs> so this has been recorded, so I'm make sure this gets in on the edit so people from Wright and Roadrunners listen to this. Well, but that's by way of persuasion. Um so um, let's uh, let's just let's uh, talk out the show then. Even though I, I could talk all night, uh, let's talk out the show. Um, Steve, you just stepped in. You've stepped in for Phil. So what we what we do at this part is uh, we're not going to do quick fire because we just haven't got time for quick fire. Um, what what we'll do is just <laughs> no, talk about our summaries from <laughs> you know what I mean. Um, we, we'll talk about our summary points. You know what have you got from this episode? So um, I'll I'll I've, I've kind of said some of this already. 
the things that stand out to me really quickly um, is about purpose is that sometimes you don't need to be looking for your purpose for it to find you. You just, you know, if you live your values and you're true to your word, then I think your purpose will just, will find you probably more than anything. Um, that, that determination, I did, I did like determined plodder that, that really, I think that's way better than, than adventurer to be honest with you, a determined plotter that, that really works. <laughs> I for me. agree. Dream big's going to stay it's with real. me. Every time I've heard you say dream big, I do, I do have to get quite um, introspective and, and think, you know, what's next for me. So I've taken a lot from that and just how, you know, despite your, your adventures are truly bonkers, how normal you are at the same time. It's like, you know, you're not full of yourself. You're just a genuine, warm human being. You're not like full of no. yourself or, you know, check me out. I'm amazing. Um, even though you are. So it's just little things like that. So, you know, we'll have this conversation again some other time. Dave, what have you taken from this? Yeah. I mean, again, I think I caused some of it just before and I'm picking up what you said. Small things, boys, small things, you know, the little things, you know, every day, if it's one thing or half a thing, no matter what that is, 365 days later, that's going to be a pretty big piece of kit, you know. I love that. I love it. We're all, you know, life can make us all, this is what we need to do and we need to do it now. That's stressful, that. That's extremely stressful. Just a little bit of a time, a little bit of time allows you to just move forward mm. and enjoy life. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It allows you to be. It allows you to be present. You know, wow. so that's a big one for me. And boys, when are we getting together to plan some stuff? That's the other thing. Let's get together. So let's get, let's get yeah. something planned and let's get some shit. I'm in. Let's let's get a, let's let's decide what we want to do in wherever, and then let's get some little small. Let's get some make small things going to to make it happen. It's half term for Steve, so we need to get we need to do it quite soon. Otherwise, he'll be on his on his way to a, a remote part of the world, hiking or running. So <laughs> I think we need to book him in soon. I like um, the idea as well. Definitely. I like the idea of the art. Oh man, the Arctic and anywhere north. I'm thinking, and also I have defined the one place on Earth that I would never want to go, and that's the jungle. I think, mate, what are you doing? It's the one place really? where everything, what <laughs> everything. No matter how big or small wants to kill you, why do you want to go there? Do you know what I mean? I'm just like, wow. Yeah. Wow. I thought you were going to, some, thought you were going to say something like, I could take that concert or, you know, like one place in a world I wouldn't want to go to. Um, I'm all right with saying that. I'm all right with saying that. Steve, what have you got from this? Give us a couple of snapshots what you've got from this. Just you two guys, you, you, your energy, your positivity, it's just, just, it's just infectious. And I, I just, I enjoy speaking to you both. As I say, it's just great to, you know, be associated with. You talk about friendship, absolutely, with, with such positive, inspiring guys. And as I say, it's about surrounding yourself with people like yourselves. And, and I'd love to do things with you in the future. Um, your kind words, uh, are just lovely to hear, and, and I really appreciate that. But. We're much of a muchness, like-minded. You know, we're very much on the same page, aren't we? I think everything wow. I've said, you know, you've said yourselves, we're definitely, you know, we cut from the same cloth and we, we like to push our boundaries. We like to make a difference in the world um, in whatever way that possibly can be, isn't it? You know, waking up in the morning with a purpose. You know, can I make a small difference today? You guys are doing that yourselves, isn't it? You know, can I can I make someone else's day a little bit better? You know, can I make a bit wow. of a difference for somebody else? Can I be a better version of myself? I love that, Dave, and... Uh, no, again, I'm equally as inspired listening to you guys. So thank you for wow. that opportunity to, to chat with awesome. you again. Uh, no, I'm very honoured myself. Thank Amazing. you. Amazing. 
Class. Amazing. I know Phil would would, would uh, be you know gushing if he if he was on this as well. So uh, miss you, Phil. Love you. Um, we'll speak with you. Yeah, after a legend. Holiday. You're a legend, um, mate. You are a legend. Thanks, Steve, for joining us. Thank you. You pass on my best wishes to Phil, please. If you when you Co- see him next. Of course we will, mate. King Cod, Dave, 100%. talk us out the show. What do, what do, what do our listeners need to do? Just keep listening, guys. We appreciate you listening. It, it, it's amazing. But if you like what you hear, give us a like, give us a share, give us a follow or a comment. And if you want to get involved, drop us an email at hello at talkingcod.com or you can find any one of us on socials. You probably find Andy or Phil before you do find me on socials because I'm the shy one, but it's been class. Appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Love you.